Welcome to Compassion Radio 360. Good morning, honey. It's 360 Day on Compassion Radio. Welcome back to the microphone. Thank you. We're trying to make this the current affairs or newsy program, but not just about what's happening in the news. It's about what we sense God is speaking to us behind the news, which is really the big story. Yeah, there's so much in the news that is bad. So yeah. we, we read bad news, bad news. And some of the things that we'll bring to you on 360 are not great news, but we always want to look for God's place in the news. Which is the good news, because exactly. he, it's his gospel, after all, and gospel is good news. Which can be transforming something that is so negative into something that is incredibly powerful and transformational for us. Or it could be bringing to light something which was buried, which is uplifting, mm-hmm. which can make a difference. This week, we're facing a whole lot of international news coming in from overseas, especially about Ukraine. We'll be reporting more on that this coming week. We had three days of interview with Oles Dimitrenko, a good friend of ours in Kiev. Yeah. He shepherds many leaders in the country. And right. so his report from the front lines has been really important. And we've also made connection again with our good friend Oleg Magdich, who is right on the front lines. Absolutely. He supplies the defense forces and the civilians. A giving opportunity begins next week that will help people in Ukraine, the church, to actually take care of needs right at the front lines. Absolutely. So be ready for yeah. that this coming week. Yeah. Today, though, I want to focus on a good news story and why it's a good news story. I think one of the reasons that you and I wanted to do this is because we began to focus on the verse in Philippians. It says, whatsoever things are true, are good, are pure, are of good report, are wholesome things. And we wanted to bring that to light because we need good news. We need to focus on the things that are true and good and righteous and yes. holy. And we need to make good of the news. Yeah. Right? It's not always happy stories. Yeah. Earlier this week, you sent me an article about an 11-year-old girl who lives in North Macedonia. Above Greece and next to Albania. It is also a very unique little country because it's a peace-loving country. It's kind of like the Costa Rica of (laughs) the Balkans, which is on the east side of the Mediterranean Sea. However, this story jumped out to us in the international media, and it was about this girl. And it's not just any girl. She was getting bullied, specifically because she has Down syndrome. You and I both have people in our lives that are Down syndrome that have joy, unspeakable. It's amazing how much joy can come out of somebody who has this particular set of gifts. And I will say gifts, Mm -hmm. but it's a very different kind of life for the person who has this particular kind of challenge physically and mentally and even emotionally. But in the case of this young girl, she had been mainstreamed to school. Her parents believed that she should be there with as many people as possible, to be exposed to as much as possible, to learn as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And she was doing it. She was excited to be part of what was happening at her school. And then the bullying, the insults began. Well, somehow the president of North Macedonia heard about this little girl. We don't really know how he heard about her (laughs) or what the whole story is behind that. But it's a beautiful thing because he's a powerful man in this country. He's the president. And in the story, he's acting as the moral leader. Yeah. He's taking on this issue, but he didn't just make a statement. He didn't just make a public relations opportunity out of it. He went to the family of this girl who was being bullied and sat down with them. Mm -hmm. He learned their story. Yeah. He had them tell him what was happening and what they were hoping for. And the kind of things that she was facing on a daily basis, the kind of difficulties that her life would be filled with throughout the course of her life and what the family's life was like as this little girl's caretakers. Not just a photo op. Right. He spent time with the family and then he walked her to school. 
But it didn't even stop there. It was a show of humility mm -hmm. that the president of the nation walked with her hand in hand mm -hmm. all the way to school without a protective escort, went into the school and sat with the students and with the teacher. The distinctive about it was so big for me was that there was no shame in this. It was an yeah. invitation to learn. Yeah. And it was obviously the president leaning in with his moral clout to talk about what bullying really means and why it is so destructive, mm -hmm. not just for the kid who's being bullied, but for the culture of the community. Mm -hmm. And he called out without shaming again how it happens in families, how it becomes so easy to buy into a bullying mentality and just let it go. He was telling the kids that they have the power to make a difference. Yeah, showing kindness to the person who is being bullied. Stepping into the middle with that person. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't him just lecturing the kids. He wanted them to tell their stories of how they've felt bullied before or what kind of experiences they've gone through. It was like a whole day thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. People of authority and power ought to be sitting down with those who are oppressed for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And whether you agree with them or not or the kind of people they are or where they come from, what their culture is, to sit down and listen to their story. Mm -hmm. That, to me, is an amazing thing to hear a head of state actually doing. Well, we're all about the stories here on Compassion Radio. Yeah. That's the thing that we love the most, is, is hearing the stories of people around the world. You sent me another story about a grown man who had dealt with bullying as a young boy when he was part of the Boy Scouts. I'm not pointing fingers at the Boy Scouts. This is the situation that happened. And it happened way back in the 1960s. Yeah. So he's a grown man and is at the peak of his career at this point. But he recalls something that was deeply traumatizing to him as a young man, being the awkward kid, being the one that probably was likely to be a target of bullying anyway, because he knows, looking back on himself, that he was a really awkward, loud, and abrasive kid. The bullying went to the extent of him being hazed at a jamboree, which is a gathering of many, many scouts. They stripped him naked and drove him across the compound with no clothing at all. And then gave him demerits for being out of uniform. Exactly. And the, the hazing was happening not just with the scouts around him, but with the scout leaders in the troops that were involved with this. They had normalized that kind of hazing as being something that is just part of the masculine mm -hmm. development. We know today those things have led to tremendous harm. Yeah. Not just to the people who are bullied like that, but to society at large. When they actually do studies about people who commit violence at a young age, where they grab a gun and start shooting up a place. Yeah. Almost 90% of them have verified bullying in their history. They have been bullied. They have been beat up. They've been shouted down their entire life, and not just by their peers, often by their own family. This bullying disease has driven people to extreme violence. Right. It's one of the characteristics of our culture. There is no country on this planet that comes anywhere close to the rage coming out of young people and then even into adulthood when they haven't grown up. That mm. is a disease of our nation. That being the case, the roots of this and that story of that young Boy Scout back in the 60s, coming up as a Boy Scout myself, I can remember vividly in my young upbringing the times where I knew somebody was getting the raw end of the deal, and I did nothing. And that still haunts me. I mean, yeah. you would think that, well, you were young, no big deal, they grew up, go on. But I understand how damaging that can be to people. Yeah. I've said damaging things as a young person following along with the crowd's insults of somebody. Those things haunt me. Yeah. And I don't want my kids to think that it never happened in my life or that I never did anything wrong in that regard. So I am going to talk about it and have with our kids. But there are so many people that grow up with that shame yeah. of, I did the wrong thing and I know it was wrong, but I don't know what to say now. I can't make it right. Mm -hmm. So they don't say anything. And the next generation comes up with the same kind of hazing, the same kind of bullying. 
Well, this man talks about how having grown up under this kind of trauma, how it continues to affect him as an adult, and how being the leader in a company, he began to bully those around him. Mm -hmm. And he played that aggression out on others. Yes. To the credit of those around him, he was called out. Someone took him out for coffee after work and said, hey, you need to know what the people in the office are saying about you. Yeah. That is really a kind and ministering kind of thing to do. I mean... I would hope that it would be a Christian person that would step in and say, hey, look, there's a problem here. I want to help you with this. That's exactly the kind of Christian witness I would hope to see Mm -hmm. in the world that is addressed in love. Well, I think it's a beautiful story of how he went back to these people then and did everything within his power to make it right right with them. He goes on in the article to talk about what brought him to this point. And how he began to change his way of thinking, not only about those around him, but his own personal self. Taking the time to actually look at ourselves from the inside out. Right. Sometimes when we start to see how we're treating others or when we're confronted, like this man was, about a behavior that is detrimental to others, we're caught off guard by that. We're like, I didn't even realize I was doing that or I didn't realize that that was an issue for people. It takes a lot of courage, I would think, to sit back and say, okay, I'll let that thought sit in my head for a minute and really contemplate it. Mm Mm-hmm. What is there about that that might be true? Yeah. And give that person the credit enough to entertain the possibility that I'm not always right about everything. Yeah. Well, that's difficult on any level to do. <laughs> yeah, it is. Both of these stories are real incidents of bullying. Mm-hmm. They're for different reasons. One, the little gal cannot help the way she was born. She is who she is. Right. This man in this story made some choices, he says himself, about the way he behaved. and Acting out. And acting out. He's a product, too, of his environment. So whether born to a specific physical or mental state in life or being a product of your circumstances and your environment, they can yield similar kinds of attention from people in a very negative fashion. So you become the target of bullying. Right. Compassion Radio will continue to keep bringing you encouragement from the Word, inspiring stories from the front lines of faith, and awesome opportunities to make a difference for the kingdom around the world. But we need your help right now to continue doing just that. Please take a moment today to consider how you might help us to accomplish our unique media ministry and mission. Remember, friends, Compassion Radio is always a coalition of the willing. Are you willing to help get out God's good news stories of the kingdom really living the gospel in the 21st century? Oh, I hope so. Thank you, friends, for standing with Compassion Radio during these times of great change to our normal life. Of course, there's nothing normal about our situation, but there's also nothing normal about the kind of faith and power we find in Jesus. Just visit our website, CompassionRadio.com, or call our toll-free order line, one 800 868 Our mailing address is Compassion Radio, P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. Reach out to us whatever way works for you. I belong to Jesus, a blessed mystery. The vilest of all sinners now, forgiven and redeemed. Oh, the depths of darkness. His love would reach down through to cover me with mercy and hide me in his wounds. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, bless his name. Ten thousand years will just begin my song of praise. Oh, hallelujah. Sing. 
And now, back to our discussion. Whether born to a specific physical or mental state in life, or being a product of your circumstances and your environment, they can yield similar kinds of attention from people in a very negative fashion. So you become the target of bullying. Right. We wanted to turn the corner with this and look at Scripture. So we're going to read you a Bible story. When we get to the end of it, you can think about how that story might relate to what we just talked about. The story comes from Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. And why don't you go ahead and read that one from the message version, which is Eugene Peterson's great modern English version of the story. The story of Zacchaeus. Then Jesus entered and walked through Jericho. There was a man there, his name Zacchaeus, the head taxman and quite rich. He wanted desperately to see Jesus, but the crowd was in his way. He was a short man and couldn't see over the crowd. So he ran on ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree so that he could see Jesus when he came by. When Jesus got to the tree, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. Today is my day to be a guest in your home. 
At that, Zacchaeus scrambled out of the tree, hardly believing his good luck, delighted to take Jesus home with him. Everyone who saw the incident was indignant and grumped. What business does he have getting cozy with this crook? Zacchaeus just stood there, a little stunned. He stammered apologetically, Master, I give away half of my income to the poor, and if I'm caught cheating, I pay four times the damage. Jesus said to him, Today is salvation day in this home. Here he is, Zacchaeus, son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to find and restore the lost. So you are a Compassion Radio listener. How would you connect the dots between that scripture and the stories we just read you? In our minds, it comes down to the state of Zacchaeus. What kind of person really was he? And what was his experience? Think about the kid called Shrimpy in your class when you were in school. Never got tall enough to be on the level with other kids and was always called out for it. We know at least that much is evident in the story of Zacchaeus because it's one of those hallmarks. People knew he was short. He was also in a place of authority and power with the Roman government. So he was a traitor to the people, but he was also somebody that was easy to talk about behind his back. Hmm. We're going to suppose and posit here that he was one of those bullied kids that became a bullier. I think it's a reasonable read on the story. Yeah. When we read that story about the president walking with that young girl, Sandy, as she was reading the story, began to think about Jesus walking through the streets with Zacchaeus. It took some time. He came down from that tree. Jesus addresses him directly. They have a conversation in front of God, the universe, and everybody. And then Zacchaeus leads them to his house Yeah. and sets a party up. By the time this condensed little story is fully expanded, it's evening now. They've all had their dinners. Zacchaeus has professed his repentance on all levels. And my guess is that repentance had begun earlier. It wasn't something that was suddenly a new idea. He sought out Jesus. He knew something needed to change in his life. The deal really got sealed once he really heard Jesus up close and heard him, but talked with him as a real person and not as an object of scorn. The guy was the host of the party. Jesus and his people are sitting with him in his house, enjoying the meal. They're not sitting there looking at him cross-eyed and touching their food carefully and wondering Mm -hmm. if it's safe to eat. They jumped right in. There's something different about the spirit of those who have the spirit of Christ that goes right to the person in the middle of the event and celebrates. Well, you know, honey, I'm all about the personal Jesus. And every time I read in scripture where Jesus calls someone by name, it just overwhelms me. No one told him Zacchaeus' name. But yet Jesus says, Zacchaeus, come Mm -hmm. out of that tree. So either by reputation, the name already on the street, or because he knew in his heart and mind by providence who he was, he addressed him by his name. One of the things that made me think about Zacchaeus when I read the story of Embla in North Macedonia is that the president was calling her by name. Very familiar. And obviously he had been introduced to her. But he used her name. Imagine if someone very important, if the president of the United States came and was talking to you face to face and used your name and talked to you in a familiar way. Speaking your name in front of others. That would be a great feeling. For me, it would. That's the thing that is so beautiful to me about the story of Embla, this little gal. She was made into a real person by her name being spoken by this president. A person worthy of honor. Yes, that's a better way of putting it, absolutely. That's what Jesus did for Zacchaeus. He spoke his name to those around him and raised him up to be a person of honor. And Zacchaeus rose to that occasion. He He rose to that. And I think that we're all capable of that. 
we are capable of bringing ourselves up to a place of honor that Jesus calls us to in the way we live our lives and in the way we treat those around us. So the question we pose at the end of all this is, are you willing to be Jesus in a situation like this? Are you willing to say, God, put me in places where I can hear stories that I wouldn't have heard unless you put me in front of them Mm -hmm. as your ambassador, as your representative, as your friend? Yeah. Put me in places where I can hear what brought people to where they are, where they're hurting or why they feel like they're put down or why they're trapped Mm -hmm. and just be with them in that, but also speak to them in words that identify with them and acknowledge them to ask God about that possibility. Could I be that kind of person? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, in the Beatitudes, in Matthew 5, 8, it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, Mm -hmm. for they will see God. I could think of many stories of you and I traveling where because we went and because we listened to a story, because we sat with, it was so obvious in some way that God showed up. Yeah. In the room, you just knew. He was there. And there was no mistaking it. I mean, you're sitting with people who, in any other situation, would never have anything to say to you because they're from a different culture, a different religion a different country, a different socioeconomic situation. Mm-hmm. But God put us in the room together. And you leave those rooms knowing that you have a friend and a family that you think about, and you pray for them over the years. Yeah, That's the kind of person that Jesus obviously was being and was modeling for us when he came to Zacchaeus' house. He showed up so that that person could truly, finally exercise their demons and get on with a real life, mm. spill it out on the table and not be shamed for the pain they're going through. And call out for something better and get it. How many people do we condemn to their pain because we're unwilling to go to them? We believe that what they're doing is so wrong that I should never go there because I don't want to be tainted by that. And Jesus did exactly the opposite, of course. Mm -hmm. In these two stories, it makes no sense whatsoever, objectively, that these people should be victimized simply for being different than us. One being Down syndrome and one being an awkward kid from some town in California. But there's something about the opportunity we have to establish dignity. You know, this past week we talked with Oles Dimitrenko about why the revolution in Ukraine was so unique amongst other political revolutions that have happened across Europe in the past century. They named it on day one, the Revolution of Dignity. Hmm. And they made a point of saying, we will not be destroyers. This is our country. We're not going to loot. We're not going to create violence. We will police ourselves. This is about us being family and standing up to tyranny. And they did it. Yeah. They saved their nation at the time. Of course, we all know now they face a bigger bully than ever before. And they may lose their country for this. But the important thing for me is even if that war comes, even if they lose, they have not lost their soul. Mm-hmm. So in a world where there are bullies, I would say at least we can do is pray for those who are being bullied. And when God puts us in places where we can be an influence directly, to not be ashamed of him in those circumstances and take a risk on his behalf so that those who are bullied will know that a God loves them and cares for them because you did. Absolutely. Step up and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us on this 360. I'm praying over the weekend that God will give us positive reports about what's happening in Ukraine so that we won't have to be facing more harm. While you're thinking about this over the weekend, you pray for them too, and we'll let you know what we find out in next week's Compassion Radios. Thanks so much for joining us.
Remember, none of this is possible without you. If you believe hearing the good news from the front lines of faith builds your faith, then let us know today. Just call us at 1-800-868-2478. Write us at Compassion Radio, P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859, or make your gift through our website, CompassionRadio.com. We need you, friend, so contact us today.